Passion of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Matthew. Jesus stood before the governor, Pontius Pilate, who questioned him. Are you the king of the Jews? And Jesus said, You say so. And when he was accused by the chief priests and elders, he made no answer. Then Pilate said to him, Do you not hear how many things they are testifying against you? But he did not answer him not one word, so that the governor was greatly amazed. Now on the occasion of the feast, the governor was accustomed to release to the crowd one prisoner whom they wished. And at that time, they had a notorious prisoner named Barabbas. So when they had assembled, Pilate said to them, Which one do you want me to release to you, Barabbas or Jesus called Christ? For he knew that it was out of envy that they had handed him over. While he was still seated on the bench, his wife sent him a message. Have nothing to do with this righteous man. I suffered much in a dream today about him. The chief priest and the elders persuaded the crowds to ask for Barabbas, but to destroy Jesus. The governor said to them in reply, Which of the two do you want me to release to you? They answered, Barabbas. Pilate said to them, then what shall I do with Jesus called Christ? They all said, But he said, Why? What evil has he done? They only shouted the louder. When Pilate saw that he was not succeeding at all, but that a riot, a riot was breaking out instead, he took water he washed his hands in the sight of the crowd, saying, I am innocent of this man's blood. Look to it yourselves. And the whole people said in reply, Then he released Barabbas to them. But after he had Jesus scourged, he handed him over to be crucified. Then the soldiers of the governor took Jesus inside the praetorium and gathered the whole cohort, cohort around him. They stripped off his clothes and threw a scarlet military cloak about him, weaving a crown out of thorns they placed it on his head and a reed in his right hand. And kneeling before him, they mocked him, saying, They spat upon him and took the reed and kept striking him on the head. And when they had mocked him, they stripped him of the cloak, dressed him in his own clothes, and led him off to crucify him. As they were going out, they met a Cyrenian named Simon. This man they pressed into service to carry his cross. And when they came to a place called Golgotha, which means place of the skull, they gave Jesus wine to drink mixed with gall. And when he had tasted it, he refused to drink. After they crucified him, they divided his garments by casting lots. Then they sat down and kept watch over him. And they placed over his head a, a written charge against him. This is Jesus, the King of the Jews. Two revolutionaries were crucified with him, one on his right, and the other on his left. Those passing by reviled him, shaking their heads, saying, You, you destroy us. 
Likewise, the chief priests with the scribes and elders mocked him, saying, who were crucified with him also kept abusing him in the same way. From noon onward, darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon. And about three o'clock, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lema sabachthani. Which means, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Some of the bystanders who heard it said, Immediately, one of them ran to get a sponge. He soaked it in wine, and putting it on a reed, gave it to him to drink. But the rest said, But Jesus cried out again in a loud voice and gave up his spirit. And behold, the veil of the sanctuary was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth quaked, rocks were split, tombs were opened, and the bodies of many saints who had fallen asleep were raised. And coming forth from their tombs after his resurrection, they entered the holy city and appeared to many. The centurion and the men with him who were keeping watch over Jesus feared greatly when they saw the earthquake all that was happening. And they said, The Gospel of the Lord. It's a very beautiful but powerful experience to read those passages and to have to say, crucify him. Right? And to take that part, it's uh, a little easier maybe than having to take the part of Jesus on my end, right? Because that's certainly not, uh, well, no one would be worthy of, of being able to take his place. But we all know in our hearts that in some way our sins have crucified our Lord. And it's good that we say it. It's good that we admit it. It's good that we recognize we need a Savior. I'd like to just have two brief ideas regarding this Palm Sunday, the beginning of the holiest week of the year. We read about the procession of Jesus, and in a sense, we also lived that out liturgically. But that wasn't the only procession that came to Jerusalem. It's not in Scripture, but we do know that Pontius Pilate was in Jerusalem for the Feast of the Passover. He was the Roman uh, leader in charge of keeping the peace in the city of Jerusalem, which was always hard to manage when the fact of Passover, if you think about it, it was the day that the Jewish people, the Israelites, were set free from oppression by the Egyptian pharaoh, and they were on their way out in the exodus. 
And yet, years later, here they are oppressed again, not the Egyptians this time, but it's now the Romans. And so as they're gathering to Jerusalem to celebrate being set free, you can imagine just what would happen in the city. There would be a lot of uh, restlessness and rebelliousness towards the Roman soldiers. And so Pontius Pilate would come and bring extra soldiers uh, at this same time. So whether he arrived on the same day or a little before or a little after, we don't know, but we do know he came in a procession full of soldiers, most likely on a, on a, on a horse and made a display of power. And then we have Jesus who decides to enter Jerusalem in a very different way. He doesn't choose a horse, he chooses the donkey. It's always funny to read it because it sounds like in some way Jesus was riding on two animals, right? The donkey and the baby donkey, right? And somehow he was doing that, but that's not exactly what the, what the gospel uh, means. Jesus chose to ride in in humility, but the donkey has another symbol. This is a mother donkey who was tied up because she was nursing her young, that little donkey that follows along. There's a intentionality in our Lord of choosing this image. He doesn't come into his, he doesn't come into Jerusalem with power, he comes in with love. We do know that the essence of God isn't power, it's love. So what is this donkey? How does this symbolize love? Well, any mother gives life to her children from within her. And all of us have been given life by God. And then a mother can nurse her child and give that child nourishment for many months the same way our God has also given life to us and holds us in being. It's a very tender image, but in a real way, Jesus is saying he wants to show us who God is. This week is the week we were loved the most. This is the week that our God has told us, as he has been telling us since the beginning of time with Adam and Eve, that we are his children and that he wants us to be with him forever in heaven. That leaves us with a choice. This whole Easter season, or sorry, that starts next week, the whole Lenten season, we've been having this theme of what path will you choose? Will you have a cultural Lent where you just give up chocolate and at the end of Lent simply love chocolate more? Or will you have a Lent that's more of a relationship with Christ where you you try to make room in your heart for God each and every day. And I think we've accomplished that in many ways, a real Lent that has brought us to today. In one last maybe path to choose, we see in the procession of Jesus, the, the people of Jerusalem begin to shout and celebrate Hosanna to the Son of David. And that expression, Son of David, Hosanna, that's coming from the Old Testament. It was something that they were, they attributed to the Messiah, right? The son of David was a king and a priest and he was the Messiah and they knew someday he would arrive to Jerusalem. So the people outside that are in the procession, they know what they're saying. 
They're saying, this is God, this is the Messiah. This isn't just a chance party. They're not just passerbys having some fun. They would have said something different. So we know they meant it. But we also know on Good Friday, the same crowds were shouting, crucify him. Maybe not all the same people, but a lot of the same people on Sunday were celebrating Jesus and on Friday were against Jesus. And so that maybe leaves a question to ask, well, how did that even happen? Who knows? But let's make sure that doesn't happen in our life. How often our Sunday morning, or in our case, our Sunday or Saturday evenings, right? They're for God, they're for worship. We have a different demeanor and behavior. And yet Monday morning on the way to work in traffic or on your way to school, there's a different demeanor, right? You might be a little more angry or resentful and say a lot of things in your car when someone gets in front of you. Our Mondays don't always match our Sundays. If, you're, if that happens in your life, be careful. You might have been one of the ones celebrating on Palm Sunday and chanting crucify him on Good Friday. If your Friday evenings look nothing like your Sunday mornings, that's another, uh, it's another, it's something to take notice of and to ask yourself, uh, is my life being coherent? Am I someone who's choosing God each and every day of my life or simply when it's easy or when it's comfortable? There's nothing easy or comfortable about Holy Week. It's, however, a beautiful time to remember how much we've been loved. So today, let us uh, open our hearts to intentionally go forth these days as we re remember what happened to our Lord this week. On Monday and on Tuesday, remember that Jesus was anointed at Bethany. And on Wednesday, we ponder how Judas went to the chief priests and made the deal for the 30 pieces of silver. And on Holy Thursday, when we gather, we remember the Last Supper the gift of the Eucharist. Remember that our Lord said to each one of us in Gethsemane, will you just watch with me one hour? On Friday we have the crucifixion. On Saturday we are with the disciples in the upper room outside the tomb just trying to make sense of it all. And then Saturday evening, that night as it falls, we, that's when we celebrate the Easter vigil and the resurrection the power, most powerful week we have as Christians, and hopefully that this week will continue to transform us truly into those faithful apostles and disciples who were with Jesus through thick and thin, wherever he was, we don't ever abandon him. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen.